It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs, how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is Commercial Free. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. Uh, today I am joined with Abby Rogers, who is an intimacy coach, and she was also my first coach ever in business program. And uh, she did wonders for me and helped me break through so many boundaries and limiting beliefs. So Abby, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. Hi, everyone. So first off, thanks for such a, like, a warm welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, as Steven said, I am an intimacy coach and I do coach business owners who are coaches too on how to scale their coaching business to six figures as well. So kind of dabble in like two different types of coaching, but my heart's definitely a little bit more in the intimacy for sure. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And um, why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, so I live in Austin, Texas, originally from Florida. I've been in Austin for the last six months and none of y'all have been to Austin, Texas. This place is freaking fantastic. I'm like, what took me so long to even get here? And yeah, basically what I do as an intimacy coach is I help people really tap into their sexual energy and learn how to embrace that without feeling shameful while also learning to have deep loving relationships as well. That's awesome. So that must have been an amazing journey going from like Florida and then all the way to Texas, right? Yeah, it's cold as shit right now. I'm like, I don't even own cold weather clothes. I had to like order a shit time because in Florida it doesn't get cold in here. It's like the 30s. I'm like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> yeah. No, in New York City, it just snowed for the first time of the season. So we had like four inches and then it was like 20 degrees out. So no, none of us were ready for that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a change from going like the nice uh, warm weather to colder weather. For sure. But it's it's been a nice change though. It's like, I actually have seasons. This is so much fun to actually experience. Now ask me like a year from now, once I've had my first season, how I feel about it. Uh, but I think I'm going to still love it. Yeah. Do you get snow where you are or does it just get kind of really cold? I don't think I get snow here very often. I mean, they had that crazy snowstorm last year and like the freeze uh, that like never happens for Austin though. So maybe some snow, maybe not some snow, but nothing like New York. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm coming to Austin in uh, at the end of January for the business meeting and conference. Yeah. So I'm ex- I'm excited for that. So that'll be my first time going to Austin. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. And who knows by that point? I mean, some days we'll have like still in the 70s in January, uh, from what I've experienced so far. So it might be in the 50s, and it could be in the low 70s. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's. I've actually been looking at the weather, so I was like trying to because I've never been there. I was trying to figure out how to dress, and I'm like, it seems like it's in the 50s. Some days it's in the 70s, so it's like you probably want to bring like a jacket just for nighttime and stuff. So it, it's definitely uh, fun. Definitely jacket for nights. Like once the so- sun goes down, it's freezing. While well, during the day, it felt so nice, and I'm like, this is once again like such a culture shock for me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So like, how did you become an intimacy coach? to start with? Was that something like you always uh, had an interest in or was it just something you came across? No, I mean, so I grew up in a very sex positive family. So like the conversation about sex has always been so open and fluid to me, even growing up, like I remember like in high school and like everyone started to talk about it and everything in college. I was always just very open with it. And 
I would always get like this weird energy from people, but I was like, uh, I'm not really sure what that is, but I never thought anything about it. I was like, I'm just going to keep being open, keep being open about it. Got in some relationships that basically shamed me for that. Um, so then that blocked a lot of it. So around last year, I was at a pretty, I was like going through like this huge transformation in my life and kind of at like a, what felt like a really low point, like career wise and everything I was doing pretty well, but internally and in my growth journey, it felt really low. And I just came across uh, masturbation and manifestation and I love manifesting and obviously very sex positive. So like masturbation, I was like, cool, let me try this out. I saw it like three times, three is my lucky number. So I know when I see something three times, that's like a sign of you have to try it. Like you, you just got to see what this is about. So in the month of May, I started manifesting three different things while masturbating. And the next month, they all came true, like to a T. And I was mind blown. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, this is some like sex magic type of work, right? So yeah, I told a couple friends. My friends were like, they tried it, had a lot of success. And they're like, Abby, you have to tell more people about this. And at first I was like, I don't really want to go on my social media and tell people that, you know, has masturbating, manifesting, like that's not the most comfortable thing to do in the world, right? Talk to a bunch of strangers. Imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I did that and it's, everyone's had some really, really amazing things to say about it and started seeing some results, which kind of just led me into the path of intimacy coaching. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I remember you I remember when I when we first started working together, I followed you on Instagram and I saw the stuff you were posting. I'm like, wow, this is definitely different from what what I usually see on Instagram. I'm like, it piqued interest a lot. And then I saw you made a post about your book about ma- manifestation. I'm like, huh, this seems interesting. And then when yeah. I actually started reading it, I'm like, oh, okay, huh. And then I tried it for maybe like a month or two and then I manifested what I was actually thinking and I was like wow this actually works and I think I sent it to you also I manifested my $1,500 apartment and didn't know how I did it and then it was just amazing when it actually happened so you definitely you definitely helped a lot of people with that yeah I mean it's crazy it's like people are already doing it they're just they feel a lot of shame around doing it because a lot of people like watch porn or like they're not setting intentions behind it so when we can set intentions behind like our sexual energy is the most powerful energy we have so using that time very intentionally can create a lot of greatness in our life yeah that's it's very true so like did you how long did it take you to put that book together? Because I'm sure like there was like a whole bunch of steps and like trial and error for it, right? Yeah, I mean, so I'd say, oh, I don't know. So I started trying the process out in May and then I released the book, the ebook in I think October, November, something like that. So, and I was just kind of like documenting my process along the way. So a lot of what is in the book is things that I used in my own journey. And then as I was telling people about it, telling clients about it, um, they started telling me their their experiences and like things that they were doing, which, you know, taking notes on, didn't share any of the personal information um, or anything like that in there, of course. But just kind of like looking at what is actually happening during it. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like people want to know, like, well, what do you mean I can masturbate and manifest? So a lot of people don't realize what manifestation is. So that was the first thing I wanted to even touch on was, okay, well, you know, let's dive deeper into like manifestation. Like I understand the the very surface level, but I want to dive deeper into it. So um, I'm on one of those, like once I find something I love, I dive really, really dive into it. So I did that, explained all of what manifestation is. And then just through self-discovery, I realized like, 
hey, it's not about we're attracting what we want through the what I call the manifestation pleasure portal. We're actually allowing ourselves to become fully aligned and open all the chakras and so the different parts of our body, which is, allows us to bring to the surface what needs to be healed. Like what are those blocks that is really holding us back from all of our life's desires. So from the time of like May to well, like the end of October, November, uh, was just a lot of that work to end up putting the book together. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I remember reading it and the book just flowed so nicely. Like you said, you dove deeper into manifestation itself overall. And then you dove into like different like styles of using masturbation for uh, manifestation. So it was really, really interesting to see how all that came together. And then um, within like a month or so, like I started seeing results. It was crazy. Yeah. And opposed to in the past where I was trying to man- manifest stuff and it took over eight months and then like, and sometimes it didn't right. even happen. So like mm-hmm. it was, it was, it felt great seeing like the results like right away. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, but like a month was a lot quicker than what I was used to. <laughs> Right. So basically what it does is just speeds up the process. So, and, you know, we talked a lot of this in like a sense of like masturbation, but the biggest question I typically get is like, am I, can I do this with my partner? And the answer is yes. I mean, one, you want to make sure the partner, you have a really healthy relationship with them. Of course, it's very open and communication. Kind of think about like, have a conversation beforehand. Like, what are you wanting to attract? Like, what are you manifesting during it? And, you know, not just like having sex to have sex, but being very intentional during the whole process with your partner. And that's like where that deep love comes in um so like me and my partner did that and we manifested the house we live in in austin now so it just it's crazy what can happen when you allow yourself to tap deeper into yourself because you can also connect deeper with others in your life romantic and non-romantic yeah no that's that's amazing that you were able to manifest the whole house so it, 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 yeah. it's proof that it, it's proof that it works so like would you have any tips for couples that want to do that together and wouldn't necessarily know where to start yeah. I mean, first it's like stepping into like, what's your communication like? So a lot of the time, the biggest reason why a lot of couples, either they're falling apart or they're not happy is because they don't have the open communication. So especially in the bedroom, a lot of people, it's like a very uncomfortable thing to talk about. So start by having those uncomfortable conversations with each other in those situations. Talk about what is it that you're wanting to attract to Like, what are some goals that you want to hit? And then what are some goals that you want to achieve together? And just sitting down and not, I know a lot of time people are just like, they're naming them off as like they're on the car going on. Set that intentional time. So like an intentional date night, go out, like have dinner, like talk about these things, write out these things. And then just create a really safe space in that like, once again, don't have sex, have sex. Like it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So like enjoy the process. Yeah, because I, I can definitely relate to that. A lot of people, including myself, never used to just enjoy the process. It was just kind of do, do it to like, just do, you know? And um, now that um, you explained how to put a little more intention behind it, it I'm sure it's going to uh, make, make a lot of a huge difference in uh, people's lives. Yeah. Well, anything in life with intention, right? It's like the the cup of coffee you drink in the morning. It's like when you can be more intentional with that and like in, what I like to call romanticizing your life. So when you romanticize your life, you're being really intentional with enjoying each moment. So that's just going to flow over into every area of our life, even the most uncomfortable ones. Yeah. And it's it's nice to see that like people can have that chance to do it because um, a lot of times people feel lost and um, once they get that little piece of guidance, it's going to open up their world to not world, even mind just into different uh, aspects. 
So like when you first started this, like what was your biggest challenge like going into this journey for like becoming an intimacy coach? I think the biggest the biggest struggle that I had was just being really authentic in the journey. Cause it is, it's very vulnerable to openly talk about like yourself masturbating or yourself having sex or like all these different things that society already shames us by, especially women, like men, it's one of those like society shames men for not having enough sex and society shames women for talking about their desires for sex. So the biggest thing that I had going into it was being like, Oh my God, what are people going to think? Like that it's that natural tendency of like, what do people think of me? Like the judgment of others. Um, for me, it wasn't even my family. Once again, come from serious sex, positive family. Um, so that was the question I got a lot in the beginning. They're like, what does your family think of you? And I'm like, they're my biggest cheerleaders. What do you mean? Um, so my mom was like the first one to read my books and like, give me feedback. So that was really the biggest thing was like, putting myself out there to talk about these things and helping more. What, Cause once I started putting myself out there, I realized like how many people want to talk about these things. It's just uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. Cause you're right. It's, it's definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll use humor. So it's like every now it's like people make jokes about like manifestation pleasure portal. Um, and at first it was like an uncomfortable, like, uh, like talking to me about it. And now it's just like, they're like, no, I'm tapping in that pleasure portal. Like it's a whole nother energy around it. And what I had to realize is like, I'm actually creating a really safe space for other people to release the shame of having sexual desires because that in my previous relationship, like that was what held me back for so long and expressing my true authentic self in this was that I was shamed. So releasing the shame within myself so I can help others release the shame within them. That was a huge shift for me. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause like you said, like a lot of people only talk about that stuff behind closed doors. And not even in the bedroom sometimes too. So it's it's really important that you're able to create that safe space and just have people ask you questions if they if they want to. Right. Yeah. All about embracing that sexual energy. Cause once again, it is like the most powerful energy that you could possibly have. So that's why it's, you know, let's release shame. Like let's talk about our desires. Like those need to be celebrated. Like that is amazing. If you think back to like, you know, like eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds people weren't shameful about these things. You know, if you actually like sit down and do the research on these, like people were so open talking about their desires and having sex and like maybe different partners and, you know, having open relationships. It was, there's one colony um, that I was reading like the 1800s. It's like the way that they would pick their partner is they would pick up their hammock and change camps. And now they have a new sex partner. Like it's crazy. <laughs> that does sound crazy. That, yeah, I was reading that. I was like, there's no way. Like, you just picked up a hammock. It's like, for us now, it's like knocking on someone's door and be like, hey, I'm yours now. Like, you get me. Yeah, right. <laughs> It doesn't work that way. No, not at all. So, like, you're right. So, like, on the flip side, like, what was the biggest win when you first started helping people as an intimacy coach? The biggest win is just my messages started blowing up. So, just, like, biggest win is seeing how much of a safe space I was able to create for people. Like, cause that's an ultimate, like the, what you want to do as a coach, like you want to create the safe place for them to feel that they can openly express and be vulnerable without judgment. So realizing like how many people and couples struggled with this and having the conversations and they really felt comfortable coming to me to express vulnerably and helping them make the shifts in their relationship to now have like deep loving relationships, not only with internally at their single, 
because uh, that's where it starts. You got to have a lot of self-love and really embody that before you can have really deep and loving relationships. But just seeing like the little shifts of no longer fearing the their authentic self of desire. We're humans. We're made to be put onto this earth to to have desires, not just in materialistic or in, you know, homes or travel or anything like that. Like we're, we're basically like we're animals if you think about it. So, I mean, realistically we are animals. And I mean, you think of like dolphins, like dolphins are really the only other mammal that have sex for fun. So it's like we're made to experience pleasure in our life. So that's the biggest, biggest achievement is seeing how many people now look at pleasure as like they can have fun with it versus it's something that they have to do and they or feel shamed about. Now they're like screaming it from a rooftop, like, what is my pleasure? Waving around their like vibrators for women and men are like, Yeah, I love my like I love my partner and we do all these cool things now. Now that she like I've created this safe space for her and can really understand her as well. So that's been really, really cool to experience. Yeah, because like that, that's that's probably like the biggest thing because I I know people and, and friends who were the complete opposite of like what you were describing with your family was like in their family they would, they never talked about it you know it was one of those things that like was shamed shamed upon like if you even brought up the conversation so I'm super happy that you were able to do that for so many people. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the big reason why I was brought up in such a sex positive environment was I'm a product of a teenage mom. My mom was 17 when she had me and yeah, she had her troubles and ended up being really successful. But the reason why she was so open with me about it is because she didn't want me to make, you know, not that obviously now she's using a mistake, but like when you're 17, you get pregnant, you're like, oh, fuck, like, what do I do? Like, she didn't want me to have to go through the same struggles that she did. So she's like, let's have an open conversation about what it is. And like, yes, it's a great thing. But let's talk about like, also like how we can be safe with it and how we can enjoy it while also protecting ourselves and our futures while you don't have to have those struggles. So that created just a really safe environment for me to really explore myself as well. That's, that's, that's amazing. Like, especially because like, your friends are like, growing up, I'm sure they, they had like weird questions for you too, right? When they were, right. And they gave you like weird remarks too about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and like the reason my mom jokes around all the time that she was a teenage mom is because growing up, like my grandmother was very sex positive, but not until she had a kid. Right. So growing up, they didn't talk about sex in the house. It was a very like, no, it's not appropriate to talk about like, this is not dinner, dinner table conversation, not family conversation. Parents should have this conversation with their kids. And my mom was a teenage mom. So what that taught me is like, we should be allowed to have more open conversations about it because that's just going to create a better relationship with what it actually is. First feeling that it's all this shame and guilt around or that I have to hide it. That's, that's great. So like in what ways did you take like those conversations that you learned from just speaking with your family openly about it to like your coaching business and then just talking openly about like sex, love and relationships? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is to not just have sex to have sex. You know, I, like I, I waited until when I was a kid, like, and obviously in high school, as a teenager when I lost my virginity, but like I waited until it felt right. 
I never felt pressured. It's like, that's what I bring in a lot with my clients now. It's like listening to your intuition. Like, does this feel right or does it feel wrong? And even as partners, there's going to be certain things that you like that the other person doesn't, and that's okay. But let's find a compromise and learn how to have this open conversation about what we like and what we don't like. That way we can find this happy medium. Maybe there's new things that you want to try together, but you're really afraid to talk about them in general. So really just allowing yourself to lean into your intuition of what does feel right. Does it, do you feel pressured? Are you doing this because you feel it's going to bring you love or because you are loved? Mm, I think that's a, that's a huge component of it. Are you loved or do you want to be loved? Mm-hmm. I think I, did I say that right? Yeah. Right. That's that's something people struggle with a lot. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you can, yeah, because if you can't love yourself, then there's no way you can get love someone else in that sense, especially uh, in a sexual environment too. Right. Because when you don't have enough self love for yourself, at that point, you know you're looking for love el- elsewhere when you're not trying to find it in yourself. And when we look for love elsewhere. Typically, what we think is going to help is by having sex with someone. I mean, how many times, like, I mean, I'm sure you know people, whether it's happened to you, you've had sex, someone been ghosted, or like, it just completely changed the dynamic because there really wasn't a connection there to start off with. And so when you have this deep amount of self-love within yourself, you and listening to your intuition, you also understand, like... I'm not going to do it just to do it, especially when like you can pleasure yourself really well at that point. Like you, you understand your body and, you know, really connect deep to yourself. Like you're not going to do it just to do it because I mean, it's an energy exchange, you know? So whatever they have going on in their life, whenever you have sex with them, you could bring on their energy. And while you might hold on to it for multiple days, like some other people will, you still might not feel really full and happy and loved afterwards, you might feel really empty and depleted, which is not what we want to happen. It should make you feel reverberating and like absolutely amazing after. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for pointing that out too. Cause like, I remember reading your book for the first time and then you talking about how you take on someone else's energy when it's not necessarily positive. Mm -hmm. And that happened to me like in my past relationship. I'm like, Oh shit. And I'm like, that's why I was always in a bad mood. Like even after after we had sex, it was just one of those things that like you didn't really think about. But like if they were in a bad mood, somehow you'd be coming to get into like a bad mood, even though you were um, having a good time. Right. Yeah. And something else, I, jo- I, I mean, it's not really a joke, but like I, I say it jokingly to make people like feel lighter about the situation is like, don't let good sex also hide the red flags that are actually really there and really present because that is very easily can happen as well. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Yeah, like if, if, if the sex is good, it can cover up a lot of red flags and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily notice until later on, mm-hmm. which I've also experienced. Right. So Same. now it's and now it, it's now it's not, and now it's nice to know like what those um, red flags are and just to keep an eye out for them. So we touched upon it before, but like how do you teach people to manifest their desires like through their sexual energy when they have no clue um, like what, what to do? Because like some people, most people do come from that background of, no knowledge of it with their family yeah so the biggest thing is what i tell people to do i'm like okay let's figure out what are you wanting to manifest let's come up with three things two to three things absolutely max so what they're going to do is they're usually going to journal about it and write out like what am i wanting to attract why do i want to attract this so with that being said, when they're focused more on like, what do they want to track and the reason behind it, there's going to feel a lot more intention behind it. So for some people, I also typically recommend this like before bed um, is the best time to 
manifestation pleasure portal, masturbate and manifest. Because what's happening is as you're connecting deeper to yourself and all the chakras are aligned, you're like vibrating really high frequency. So you can just go to bed afterwards and then you can wake up and just feel, feel like you're floating on cloud nine. So once they have exactly what it is that they're wanting to manifest, we set up some affirmations. So let's say they're wanting to attract financial abundance. The financial abundance I seek is also seeking me. I release any blocks that are standing in between us. So what I have them do while they're masturbating or, you know, in sex with their partner, if you're having a partner, you can say in your head, you don't say it out loud. Same thing when you're by yourself. Like you can just say in your head, you don't have to say it out loud. You're like roommates or anything like that. But then say your affirmations over and over and over again. So like say each one. So like, let's say you have two. Uh, let's say you're saying it three times in a row and then you say the next one three times in a row and you just keep doing that back to back to back. Even when you're done and you're in that euphoric feeling like the oxytocin is flowing through your mind, the serotonin is really happy, the, the dopamine is like kicking in, like everything is in that, super heightened in that moment. Just continue to say it until you're getting like this feeling you're going to fall asleep, you know, take care of yourself, clean up, whatnot. But then go immediately to bed. Like, don't get on your phone. Don't do any of that. Like, continue to say the affirmation as you're going to bed because you're going to stay in that really heightened state while you're dreaming, which is also the perfect time to retrain our subconscious mind. So we're actually releasing the blocks and we're going to actually start feeling worthy of what we want. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And like feeling, feeling worthy of what we want is a huge thing because sometimes like, you know what you want and you're like, oh yeah, I want to get that brand new car. Or if I want to get that promotion at work, you know, you know what you want, but then you have those limiting beliefs that will hold you back and essentially let you just stay comfortable in where you are. Right. Yeah. If you don't feel worthy, you're never going to attract it. So like, let's say you want to be a multimillionaire or even a millionaire. Start small. Like if you're making 5000 a month, say, you know, I am grateful for the 10K monthly income I generate or the 10K um, in income I receive each month, something like that. And I always end it with, I release any blocks that are standing in between us. That's just personal use. Um, that's what I found really helpful. It's what a lot of my clients have found really helpful um, to each their own. But, you know, like set, set clear goals too. I mean, if we're just saying financial abundance, it's like, what does that specifically look like to you? And you might not know at first and that's okay. So that's a great starting point. But start to get clear and clear on it because financial abundance to the universe could just mean like an extra thousand dollars to you each month when really you wanted the 10 versus the five. So when we can ask the universe also very specific and clear things that we want, that's what's going to really help you as well. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, like again, I, this was something I had to do even when, like, when I was just setting goals for my businesses was just getting super specific. And then when you got super specific, you found ways and, and little um, tricks to get there, mm -hmm. you know? Because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people will focus, like you said, they'll focus on like, oh, I want financial abundance, but won't say specifically how to, or think specifically how to get there. So right. that's a, that's a big thing. And um, what would you like recommend to anyone who wants to like, actually I could, wait, let me rephrase that question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so like how, how do um, people like get comfortable talking about this with their friends and family? Like, because like, I'm sure like people will ask them like, oh, how did you get this? How did you get that? What's a good way for people to open up that conversation with um, their friends and family? Yeah. I mean, the best way is to say, hey, like I manifested it. If they don't really understand what manifesting is, um, 
I mean, I know our, fr- our family can be like the most awkward one. So like maybe start with like your best friend, someone you feel really comfortable with being like, oh my God, I masturbated and manifested this and it happened. Like, so like just say it to your friend at first, they might be like, what? Um, but <laughs> eventually like it'll start to just become more natural. Like it's like the more we say something, the more natural it comes. So like the more I said, like I, the more I talk about like masturbating and manifesting, like the, the more natural it became, it felt like less of like a resistance to saying it. Um, but when it's really uncomfortable at first, you can just say like, oh, I manifested. How'd you manifest? Manifestation pleasure portal. Like that's why, you know, we, why I have named the book that. I didn't name it like masturbating and manifesting because manifestation pleasure portal is very like warm and welcoming. It's like, what is that? And if you're really not comfortable telling them what it is, just pass along my ebook. It'll explain everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because I had a lot of people ask me, like, oh, how did you get this? How did you get that? And I'm like, yeah, I started off with manifesting. And then they were asking specifically, how did I manif- manifest my process and everything? And then that was when I sent them your ebook. And I'm like, oh, my, my one-on-one coach uh, sent this to me. So it was like, mm-hmm. it helped me. So I'm hoping it can help you. Yeah. So, <laughs> It's a great um, thing to start off with, at least. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. So like, let's talk about like some problems like people might have necessarily like in their like relationships because you are a relationship coach, right? So, what is the like orgasm gap? Is that like a real thing, or is that typically something you just um, like see like in the movies? You know? Yeah. Nah, that's a real thing. Um, Because 75% of women cannot orgasm through penetration. Uh, Most men don't realize that because men are not taught how to pleasure women. They figure out how to pleasure themselves. Um, And then men, they just get off easier. It's just the way that our bodies, like scientifically and like the way the biology of our bodies are, they're way different. Um, So women, that's why like women all the time are like, hey, I need like some foreplay ahead of time. Like men... Like do some foreplay. Like that's what's going to really help like get those juices flowing for her. I saw something recently and it was like the funniest thing. It was like, um, don't stick the noodle in the pot before the, the water's boiling. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's it. Like that is an amazing saying. Like you've got to like, on you've got to like first. And here's the thing with women also is that they just expect men to know. Like men don't know because once again they're not taught so you have to learn how to play the flute before you can teach someone how to play the flute so you need to learn what you what gets you off as a woman what is that self-pleasure look like and then you can kind of communicate that over to the men and then let the men know like hey like i and people are like well how do i do it very nicely and gently sandwich it Everyone's heard the sandwich thing, like compliment yeah. and not negative, but like area of opportunity improvement, sandwich it again. Hey, I really like what you're doing here. I think you should try it like this. I think that would also feel really good. So like, that's a way that you can like guide your partner also, um, in a sense of orgasms. And I mean, here's the thing. It's like women do take longer and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that men. It's like, just take care of her a little beforehand. And then, so whenever it does come sooner for you and you're, you don't feel bad about it, she's like, no, you took care of me. I'm all good. Thank you. <laughs> that's definitely something I had to realize is that women, depending on like their body have specific areas that we have to, to, um, touch upon. So like you, like you said, you probably have to just, um, do some foreplay to get that, um, going. So thank you for sharing that. I'm sure people will find that really helpful just to get as like a starting point. Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, the, the clitoris is like such a huge thing on the women. Like that is the most erotic orgasm essentially for women is like, that is where you can get the most out of it. Um, so if you focus a lot on that area and each woman, it's like different parts of the area, just like listen to her and like, you like kind of like talk to her and be like, what about this, 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 how does this feel? And eventually you'll figure it out. So then it's like, you know, in the back of your hand, super easy. Yeah, especially when you're in a relationship, relationship also, it just makes it so much more enjoyable too. Mm-hmm. For sure. So this is another question that like I hear a lot of people asking, does like size typically matter for, for men? No, it really doesn't at the end of the day. I mean, like men are boasted when they have like very large penises, but at the end of the day, like size really doesn't matter. I mean, one, it matters once again, like the foreplay, it matters about the connection and it matters how you use it. So like size yeah. does not matter at all. I mean, there is such thing as too big because no yeah. girl wants to be sore for multiple days. And then, you know, especially if you're in a new relationship, like you're more sexually active. It's like all those endorphins are going. You want, you know, you can't keep your hands off each other. Honeymoon phase. Nobody wants to be in that honeymoon phase and not be able to the next day when they really want to because they're just in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, I have one friend, me and her are very open about talking about sex and everything. And I remember one day she comes, she comes over to me. She's like, fuck, I'm just sore. And I'm, and I look at her cause like at the time we were both on the same swim team together and I'm like, oh, we, are you, we, we this practice this morning was rough. And she's like, oh, I'm not talking about that. And I'm like, oh, I got you. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's like 30 people around us. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I understood what you, you said, but, but yeah, no, like, I guess there is a, such a thing as um, too big. So you're right. And this is another question also more on the relationship side. Is there a way for a guy or a girl to escape the friend zone? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, so when I saw your asked this question, I was like, how long does he have? Um, because you could yeah. totally escape the friend zone. So like my boyfriend now is like we were really good friends for a year and a half before we dated. We were both in relationships when we met. I mean, even I, we knew each other for like a couple months and then I got out of my relationship a few months later, he got out of his and he jokes around that he had like this friend conversation. He's like, I really value this as a friend. Like we can't, you know, cross the line. Like we were just having dinner one night, like nothing crazy. I was so uninterested in any men in my life at that point in time that I didn't realize he had that conversation with me over a year later when he actually had to explain it. Because he made a joke, kept making these jokes about how, no, you know, you, you escape the friend zone, da, 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 da. And I was like, what do you mean I escape the friend zone? Like, I had no interest in, in you. And it was funny because it was like, eventually, like, things started to form. Like, you know, he makes comments like, oh, I was always distracted you and all these things. But once again, I was... That my last relationship like fucked me up. So like just being really honest, yeah. like anyone that came in my life, I was like, nope, nope, not even attracted to. Um, so you can indeed escape the friend zone. Nez as you're always supposed to escape the friend zone, definitely not, but the universe will take care of you. And if you do, because I am actually the one that made the first move between the two of us. Um, because he ref- he refused to, because uh, you know, he, he had that conversation that I went right over my head about like our friendship um but i started to like have feelings i was like this is fucking weird and i sat with it for months before i finally like made a move so like if you're starting to have feelings for your friend just be bold be honest because you don't know how they're gonna feel and you don't know what could turn into yeah, you're right. Being bold is something a lot of people don't necessarily want to do because then they don't. It's that fear of rejection oh that God. creeps in, and they don't 
Right. Especially with a friend, you're like, oh my God, am I going to lose? Like, cause he was, he was my best friend. Like if I need someone to call when I'm like yeah. sad or crying or like, that was the person I leaned on and like vice versa. So it's like, am I going to lose my best friend? Like by being bold, yeah. but it actually was the best thing I could have ever done. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure the two of you are so much happier now just because of it. For sure. And like it, and it gives people some hope that th- there is ways to uh, escape the friend zone in that way, just because like sometimes people don't want to have that difficult conversation. Oh, like, hey, I like you. Like, and then immediately gets shot down. So like, that's why uh, I feel like there's always that huge stigma about not getting out of the friend zone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you know, if they reject you, that's okay. Rejection is just redirection. It's just the universe saying like, hey, this isn't the person for you. It might rock the boat for a little bit, but you won't lose a friend. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. And then you're right, because you can like, if you do X question, then it doesn't have to be awkward afterwards. You could just go back to the way it was, you know, you're like, all right, cool. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, mo- mo- moving on. Keep it moving. So that's actually the, the, goes into the next question. So like, is it possible for like a, a uh, is it possible for friends to um, be like friends? No, no, sorry. Is it possible for like um, exes to be friends and like still talk to each other after like a breakup? Yeah. So I think. Or should they just say goodbye? You think? I think this really depends on the situation, you know? So like, like I said, my last relationship fucked me up. So like, I would never be friends with them. You know, we did try like the friendly things. We had a, we had a dog together, um, but it just was not healthy. So I think it really comes down to like, what was the relationship like? What was the breakup like? Was it kind of toxic? Or did you just kind of outgrow each other? Like I, there, I do have exes that like, I just, we just outgrow each other. So if there were like, reach out and we're like, Hey, how are you doing? I'd probably be like, Oh, I'm great. How are you? Like just a quick check in, but like not best friends type of thing, you know? So I think there's a, yeah. there is this boundary of what is going to be healthy for you. Are you holding on to this hope whenever you break up? But like, Maybe they'll want to get back together with you. And if that's the case, I'd say distance yourself. But if it was a very like loving breakup in a sense of, hey, we've really outgrown each other, we're consciously uncoupling is what that's called, then yeah, you can definitely still have a friendship there. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because like you said people can either have like a messy breakup or one that like you just grow out of, you know, and then it's time to move on. So like at least at least there's multiple ways people can handle it. Right. So thank you for, for that advice so like what what would you say is like the most like frequent issue that like couples encounter like with within their like intimacy uh lack of communication is the big thing um because when we don't communicate what our needs are like even if it's just like a date night so i like understand your love language for one is a big thing like mine's quality time so like we have an intentional date night because intentional date night versus like going out to dinner totally different energy by the way like when you have an intentional date night you're like oh i get to hang out with the person we're going on a date but you're just like hey you want to grab dinner you're just like all right yeah let's go like it's it's different so like understand like what are your needs and so when you can start with basic needs outside of the bedroom that's going to help you have easier conversations in the bedroom because you're already really confident asking for your needs. Cause a lot of the time it feels selfish to pe- for people to ask like, or even just explain like, Hey, this is my need right now. Like I really need this or I need some support here. Or can we do this? This would make me really happy. It can feel selfish for a lot of people. So what I would say is start small, like where else are you avoiding communication in your relationship? 
in order to not have communication in the bedroom. Communication is a huge part of it because if you're if you're missing, um, like you said, if you're just like saying like let's go get dinner just to get dinner and not putting intention into it, we and we touched upon intention earlier. If you're not putting intention to multiple areas within your life, you're not going to see the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Right, a hundred percent. So that just creates a, a level of trust as well. So we want to feel trust. We want to feel safe whenever we want to express our needs and our desires without feeling needy. Um, so when we have that level of trust with our partner and that communication, it just makes it a lot easier. Thank you for sharing that. And then like, what would you think is like the craziest thing you've ever heard as like an intimacy coach when oh, on your journey? Um, craziest, you know, I maybe because like when I think of crazy, I would think of like a wild nonsense type of shit. Um, so yeah. I really don't think I have anything that's like too, too crazy. I mean something absurd that i've heard um yeah like or analogies that people like assume about like sex what would you say is one that's like yeah i mean i think like so i i think so in this journey it's been more directed towards me than like what i've heard with clients um because what i've heard with clients like it's pretty common across the board for a lot of clients like there's nothing that's been like super crazy in a sense of like oh my god i've never heard that before like i I've heard some crazy shit. Like I've I've been around some crazy shit. So like that's why I probably say like I don't think I've heard anything that crazy. I think I've been told some crazy shit. Um, in a sense of like when people are sex positive, they're like, oh, you must just sleep around a lot, or you know, you you must just not care about yourself enough. Um, so like I used to, I, especially at the beginning of my journey, they're like, why would you say those things? Like that's not appropriate. Which like obviously that's not too crazy to say. Um, but really like that, I mean, for people, I think that's like the craziest stigma around like being sex positive and being an intimacy coach, helping people learn how to embrace their sexual energy is, um, it's just, they're not used to it. They're told it's so wrong. So when you do, they're like, you're a whore, like you're automatically labeled as something that you're not. And I'm like, no, I'm just a sex goddess. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. No, like, what was it? What was it like when how did you handle all of that like negative feedback if there was any when you first started? Because I can imagine like people just blatantly blatantly calling you that must have been like like shocking and sometimes maybe hurtful. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say I'm a lot more fortunate um, in the fact that I have more positivity coming in. So it made it super easy to ignore all the negative comments. Um, at that point, when I started to talk about things, I used to, I started to get like some really weird DMs from guys and stuff. Like that was interesting, um, but you just delete them, block them, move on. Um, but it was, I mean, it, in that aspect, you have to remember like why you're doing this. That was a big thing. Like when people would try and come with negativity, I had to remember like what was what was the reason that I wanted to share this? Oh, because it's really helped me, and I felt shame. And now because I'm living in my authentic truth. People are just reflecting their own securities onto me to try and make me feel bad and small. And I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause like, I'm sure like that, and that's something like I even experienced like with my own business when you were helping me with this too. It's like basically just like ignoring like the, um, the negative feedback because sometimes that would just have a, a almost like. No, no, you help, like, I'm trying to rephrase the question, like, no, the answer, actually, it's more of, like, the way you, 
they perceive you is um is different from what you think is the right way to, to actually do it so like i'm sure like when you first started talking about sex openly their view on sex was um more closed-minded mm-hmm. compared to yours so yeah. like definitely definitely coming up with that um conversation or like response was uh interesting at first i'm sure i think my grandfather probably got the most backlash if i'm being honest oh (laughs) really yeah because a lot of them saw me on facebook so they were seeing like my instagram's linked to my facebook so certain things that like your story and like certain just posts other than like reels and stuff go to your facebook and so like my grandfather would go to church on sundays like sings in the choir and all this stuff and they'd be like oh uh Abby's posting some really interesting things. And he goes, yeah, and she's kicking ass. Like, (laughs) so I think he probably got more backlash than I did. But like, that man is a godsend. Like, I don't even have enough words to praise him enough. So I mean, he's my grandfather definitely had my back when the most of those people try to give me backlash. And, And here's the thing. It's like, it's so generational. We're in a generation now that's learning how to just be in their authentic truth and be more open and express like, Hey, I feel shame around this. Like, Hey, my emotions, like I don't feel good, but it's okay to express that I don't feel good or like express your wants, your needs, like those type of things where back then it was like, you don't talk, you don't say anything. Like you just say, okay, and move on with your life. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, so like, do you have any like advice for people who want to become more open about it, but just, um, are stuck because. I'm sure like someone will say, will have all the, all the thoughts in their head, but like when they want to go talk to their family about it or just stuff in general, because my parents' relationship, just so you, just so everyone knows, just for full closure, I'm 24. So, and then my, my ex-girlfriend and I, we were the same age and I asked her like, do your parents know that you have sex? And they're like, no, they still think I'm a virgin at 24. I'm like, there's no way your, your parents, I'm like, there's no way your parents think. That's no way. <laughs> I mean, there might be a way, but like, I highly doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, there's no way that they still think that you're a virgin, especially since her her uh, siblings are open about it. So I'm like, that's just being a little naive about it, I feel like. So like, is there any way for people to come over that? Because I was, I was, I used to be like that also. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine my, I mean, obviously my parents don't think I'm still a virgin. We talk about like butt plugs and stuff like that. It's like joking around. Yeah. Um, like never in a serious context. It's always joking, which is going to be really fun. But really, I mean, it starts yeah. with yourself. Like, learning how to be more open in conversation and vulnerable with yourself. Um, so once again, a lot of people feel a lot of shame around like masturbation, like learn in self-pleasure, like learn what it is that you like about yourself. Stand in the mirror, say, I love you. Like that is a lot of shame for a lot of people to stand in the mirror and say like, I love you three times and then move. Once again, three is my, my favorite number. So like, that's my sweet number. So do as many times as yeah. you feel you need. Yeah. I definitely recommend at least twice, but do those things with yourself that are uncomfortable. Take yourself out on a date, like learn how to love Mm -hmm. yourself so deeply. So you learn how to start living in your authentic truth. And then you'll just gradually start opening up to people a little more here and there. It just feels effortless, especially because you'll obviously before family, a lot of time we go to like our really close friends that we feel really safe with and tell everyone our deepest, darkest secrets to start with them. And the more that you talk about it, the more natural it becomes. Yeah. Oh, is that your new puppy? Yeah, do you hear him? He's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I heard he's him. Got yeah. like a, um, like a random jolt of energy. And I don't know why, but he just like growled at the rug. And I'm like, what do you see that I can't? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Dogs can see yeah. ghosts, I swear. 
No, they they can like my dog would start barking at the ceiling for whatever reason. Like when we went to my cousin's house, and it was the funniest thing because like oh we would joke around like oh yeah it's a ghost, and they would get so mad. But like, they can see spiritual things. Nah, they can see shit. <laughs> Cats, dogs, they can see stuff we can't sense. You know, which is which is crazy. Hey, they know when women are pregnant and before women even know they're pregnant. So like they got a sixth sense that we don't have. Yeah, it's it's intense and it's it's really uh interesting to watch too. But like going back to like what you said too, like taking yourself out on a date, I never heard of that that term and using that way. Just like going out and Oh my god, it's my favorite thing in the world. So like when I first moved to Austin, especially it's like I'm in a new town and I knew like two people other than Rob and Dean and they live like 30, 45 minutes from me. Um, so like my two friends weren't always free and I wanted to go do things or I wanted to try a new restaurant. So I made a commitment to myself that I would take myself on a date once a week and I would take my book and I would not sit at the bar because that is an easy scapegoat to sit at the bar when you're taking yourself out on a date. And it's so uncomfortable for people and it can be really uncomfortable at first, but it is the most riveting thing when you're just taking yourself out. You're just like, Oh, I love myself. Like, get yourself a nice glass of wine or if you don't drink like a nice mocktail sparkling water and like order whatever you want on the menu like take care of yourself love yourself the way you want someone to love you and then you'll start to attract that in that's that's amazing like because like um a lot of people don't know how to love themselves so if they can at least start with a simple task like this just go out on a date and take yourself out and like you said get that sparkling water and then just order anything that you want on the menu just to make yourself feel good Something as simple as like a coffee date with yourself. Like you could even start small. Take yourself to get coffee and sit at a coffee shop. That's one of my favorite things. Reading a book or like people watching at a coffee shop and then going on a walk. Like it's crazy what you'll learn about yourself when you spend time by yourself. Yeah, that's that's crazy too. Like like sometimes like like even me like in the past like I used to fear just being by myself and then like once you like learn how to be by yourself then that's when I feel like you're ready for a relationship what do you what do you think about that 100 <laughs> percent. I mean when you are afraid of being alone you will settle for the closest thing that will give you attention and that closest thing that will give you attention when you settle isn't always a thing that's going to make you happy in the long run and when you settle for one thing you settle for everything because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything so when you can learn to love yourself so much and learn how to not feel lonely when being alone, that's when you're going to be able to step into a relationship knowing that like, hey, I'm not choosing this person because I feel lonely. I'm choosing this person because I'm really interested in them because I'm perfectly content with being alone. I don't need this person to keep me company. And then you can have a really amazing relationship when you do those things. Because you also don't have the codependency when you get into a relationship, right? No, you're right. Codependency was a huge, huge, huge problem in, in my past relationship. And I didn't even know it was an issue until it, after it ended. I'm like, because I tried to go do stuff on my own. I'm like, wait, wait, um, how do I do this again? So it's... <laughs> yeah, like an instant anxiety of like, is someone going to get mad at me? Um, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was that exact feeling. You're right. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, so like now it's just like you said, like rewiring your brain and just trying different things, which is which ends up being a lot of fun. So like, do you have any, um, like, let me actually this. do you want to, de- do you have something you would like to debunk about Ooh. sex that typically no one um, would like to um, talk about? You know, you did. Ah, 
That's. I didn't put that one on the list because I wanted to be like right, 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 right off the top. No, that is such a good question. I'm like thinking because I feel like there's multiple things that I feel like I have debunked before, but I'm trying to think of which one is like the best one. And I think a lot of the time people, the biggest thing of like debunking is like, once again, like it comes back to masturbation. And because a lot of people feel that masturbation, especially in a relationship is cheating or for people that are really religious, they feel it's sinful. It's not, especially when you can have the open relationship, you know, masturbate together. Like that's pretty powerful. Like you can do that together. Um, it's not cheating. It's not a sin, you know, and you have to love yourself enough first. Yeah. No, thank you. for Thank you for like debunking that essentially just because people were always thinking that like you have to masturbate by yourself. But now, like even after you're reading your book, it's still like taking time for me to get open to the process yeah. of doing it with um, someone else. So it's going, it's, it's going to be, uh, life-changing for a lot of people and couples that listen to uh, this podcast, I feel like. Yeah. And your sexual energy isn't bad. You know, people, society likes to tell us like, oh, it's like, you have to be shamed by it. Like, don't talk about it. Like, if you look up hashtags and like sense of like sex or sexual desire, or sexual energy, there's like none out there, um, mostly because people are afraid to talk about it or they're getting um, like shut down because of these things and everything. But, you know, you, know, you should have an orgasm a day like that. Do that. And you're going to tap into some crazy, powerful energy that's inside of you because that's why we I like to call it sex magic too, because it is so magical tuning in with yourself on that deep of a level. It's definitely something that a lot of people should uh, look into. And where can, um, actually, no, before I go, even go into that part, like what advice would you have for somebody who wants to become an int- intimacy coach? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is do the things that are uncomfortable for yourself. So, um, like, continue to get uncomfortable in that. So, like, for me, it's like I recently joined another course to dive even deeper into, like, a tantric level and really, like, Eastern medicine on, like, a spiritual but also really scientific level. And I'm going to be doing a lot of things in that course that – feel resistance to because it feels uncomfortable. It's like that next level of growth. So if you're wanting to become an intimacy coach, the biggest thing is before you preach about it, do it yourself before you can understand really what it is or how the way people feel, start implementing it in your own life. Like you can't, and this kind of goes with any coach, right? Like you can't do the things and yeah, tell people to right. do certain things if you're not doing them yourself. Because not not that you're a phony, but you're just not practicing what you're preaching, so you can't fully connect to people. No, you're right, and I felt that exact way when I when I wanted to become like a business coach. Like like I wanted to become a business coach, and there was certain parts of business that I didn't necessarily know how to do. So like you kind of feel that imposter syndrome. So like you're right, it's definitely important to learn how to do everything prior to just diving into it with um, no knowledge of it, because then that kind of sets you that kind of sets you up for failure. I feel like. Right. It's learning how to become really authentic with yourself before, you know, because if you don't feel safe and talking about it with yourself, you're not going to feel safe talking about it with other people. And that's kind of all what we do right now. <laughs> oh, no, you're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, and it's just keeping everything tight inside. And, you know, like the more you, I feel like you, you touched upon this earlier, the more you let go and just be open about it, the, the more doors you're just going to find that you didn't even know what possible. Yeah, tapping into that, that soul. 
no, hundred percent. So yeah, I want to thank you again me. for coming onto the podcast. We <laughs> we had a really good conversation. Yeah, of course. And, and then before we go, where can our where can my listeners connect with you online just to see your content and just learn more about who you are? Yeah. So. Yeah, y'all can follow me on Instagram at Abby K Rogers, A-B-B-E-Y-K as a kangaroo, R-O-G-E-R-S for all things content. And my ebook is also available. I have a link available for it on my Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, really appreciate you coming on again today and just being super, super open about what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, because like it's it's so much fun getting to learn about what um, people do for a living and then their struggles along the way mm-hmm. and then how they've grown from them, you know, because sometimes when people start like their small business, you know, like they give up the first time and I'm, I'm really uh, like inspired by you just keep going, especially um, with as with as much um, challenges as you had and just and stuff that I have also. <laughs> yeah, I got to see a whole new side of me today. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. If you love this episode, please share it on your Instagram stories with one takeaway you had and tag me in it at steven.brennan. That is S-T-E-V-E-N dot Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And I look forward to spending time with you in the next podcast. And also don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss another episode.